I, uh, I wanted to address something that's in the, constantly in the news this morning, and I know it's Father's Day, and, and let me say happy Father's Day as well to all of you fathers, and, and uh, I wanna, I'm going to issue you a challenge this morning as fathers. So I wanted to address what, what's so much in the, in the news these days. I wanted to address race. We hear so much these days about racism. And, and, and racism is evil, and it needs to be stamped out. But, I, but unfortunately, what our society seems to think is that the answer to racism is prejudice and bigotry. Because right now, folks are being judged, which is prejudice, judged just for who they are or what job they do or what they look like. And bigotry is, is the, the absolute denial of any other opinion other than your own, any other viewpoint other than your own. And so it seems that in our society, the answer to racism is prejudice and bigotry. I don't think that's the right answer. So what does the Bible have to say about equality? Well, we're going to look at it this morning. We're going to be in the New Testament. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 3. Right at the end of the chapter, if you want to turn there in your Bibles or on your phones or, or whatever, we're going to see what the Bible has to say about equality. And I'm going to challenge fathers to lead their, their families to see our differences differently because of who we are in Christ. So, so Galatians chapter 3, just right at the end of the chapter, for, uh, verse 27 28 and 29. For those, those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. So this is what, this, this is what Paul has to say, what God has to say about our differences. So first, let's look at the context. Let's work our way through this as we always do. The context. Paul writes this letter to the church of Galatia. Now, most of this letter is addressing what came to be known as Judaizers. These were folks that said that in order to become a Christian, you had to become an observant Jew first. You had to follow the law. You had to be circumcised. You had to do all of these things in order to become a Christian. And their basis for that thought was that Jesus was Jewish, and, so, and all of the original disciples were Jewish, and so you had to become Jewish before you could become Christian. And so Paul addresses that mostly in this letter. And he talks about, specifically in, in chapter 3, he's talking about the law. And he says, here's the problem with the law. The, prob- the law actually has two problems. The first one is that no one can keep it perfectly. That no matter how hard you try, you can't keep the law. And the second problem is the law was never meant to give you righteousness or salvation. It was never meant to do that. It was meant as boundaries of a relationship. It was meant to show us that our need for Christ. It was not meant to give up, make us righteous or to save us. So, as you can see, the problem is if you're following the law then it doesn't get you where you want to go. Where you want to be 
is righteous and saved, then the law isn't the road there. It doesn't matter how far down the, that road you travel, it doesn't get to your destination. So Paul addresses the, the, the law in chapter 3, and then he goes on to talk in, in verse 27, he says that if we're baptized in Christ, then we are clothed in Christ, robed in Christ. When, when, when we see each other, we see Christ. When God looks at us, he sees Christ because we are clothed, we are covered with Christ. Now, because of that, Paul can go on in, chapter, or in verse 28 and say if we're clothed in Christ then there is no, no longer any difference between us. It, it, it's Jew or, or Greek, slave or free, male or female, none of it matters because we're all clothed in Christ. In Christ, we are equals. So what does it say about God? What well, says, in Christ, we are all equals. Verse 28 uses racial differences, the Jew and the Greek. It uses economic differences, the slave and the free. It uses uh, differences in occupation with the slave and the free. It uses the most basic gender differences, male and female, to show us that there is absolute equality in Christ. We are not different. We are, we are, not, we, we are seen as Christ because we're clothed in Christ. And so all of these differences make no, make no difference at all. We're one in Christ. God does not love one more than the other. He does not love me more because I'm pastor than he loves you. He doesn't love one race more than another. He doesn't love one, one, uh, the, one, the rich more than the poor or the poor more than the rich. He doesn't love men more than women or women more than men. He loves equally because Christ died for all. And so we are all one in Christ. We are all equal in Christ. Now, I think that's great news. And it's great news because right here, even in our small church, we have a lot of differences. We have different occupations. We have different backgrounds. We have different races. We have different ethnicities. We have all of these differences within even our small church, and yet we are all one in Christ. We're all the same. We are all equal in Christ. It says Christ doesn't play favorites. Um, there's a T-shirt out. I think Richard actually has it. But there's a T-shirt out that says, God loves you, but I'm his favorite. <laughs> now, I love the T-shirt. But we know that's not the truth. We know the truth is he loves me the most. No. <laughs> we, know, we know that the truth is that we are all loved equally. Christ died the same death every single one of us. And so we are all loved equally. Christ doesn't play favorites. There's nothing you can do today that will make Christ love you more, and there's nothing you can do today that will make Christ love you less. His love is constant and equal. And it says that, that God made us different on purpose. Look at this list. Look at this list of different things. Perhaps, you know, Genesis 1 tells us that we are all made in the image of God. And so perhaps the differences that we see in skin colors and sizes, big and small, and it, all of the differences that we see just give, her, give us a clearer picture of who God is. 
because we are all made in the image of God. And so our differences don't separate us. They combine us so that we, we see a better picture of who God is because we're all made in His image. So what does it say about us? I think we're different on purpose. We're made different on purpose, big and small and, 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 and different colors and, and differences that show us the majesty of God. Differences that give us a clearer picture of who God is. I think we're made different on purpose. And it says that in Christ we are equal. Equal. Christ died the same death for each and every one of us. Christ does not love me more because I'm the pastor. He does not love the Sunday school teacher more than he loves the, the, the person that just comes on Sunday morning. He doesn't love the one who reads his Bible and prays every day more than the one who doesn't. God's love is constant. His love is equal. In Christ, we are equal. So what must we do? We must understand our differences as God-given and God-purposed. God did it on purpose so that we would get a clearer picture, a, a fuller picture of who He is. And we must look at, the, at others the way Christ does. We should see with the eyes of Christ. If we are all one in Christ, then, then we don't look to see differences. We see Christ. Or we see someone who needs Christ. We don't see differences. We see Christ. And we see with His eyes. You know, uh, uh, the, our, our basic belief as Christians is, is John 3.16 says, whosoever believes in Christ. Romans 10 says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. We believe that. And so that means we should see everybody as someone who Christ died for. Every single person is someone that Christ died for. And whoever, whosoever, anyone who believes in Christ becomes one with us. So fathers, this is where I challenge you. I challenge you to lead the way. I challenge you to ask that God give you the eyes of Christ when you see others. That you see others as someone Jesus died for. Whether they accept that yet or not. Because he did. That's my challenge to you as fathers. So let's look at this kind of phrase by phrase. There is no Jew or Greek. Now Paul uses this word Greek a lot in his, uh, in his writings. And he's if, if you look at all of the writings, what he's talking about is Gentile. And so he's talking about Jew versus non-Jew. He's talking about basically all of the races because you have the Jew and you have everybody else. So he's saying that there's no difference between any, any of us. None of the races. I think, I think he uses these two in particular because of his context. In his context... The Jews and the Gentiles hated each other. They, the, the Jews called the Gentiles dogs. The, the Gentiles called the Jews all kinds of names. In fact, through history that it continued. So I think he uses these two as extreme examples of race. There is no difference in race in Christ. We are all one in Christ. 
slave or free? I think there's two things in play here. The first, economic status. God does not love the rich more than the poor. He does not love the poor more than the rich. He does not love the one who fills the offering plate more than the one who can only put a little there. God loves everyone equally in Christ, whatever your economic status. But I also think this this plays to occupation. There is, we do everything as Christians, we do everything in the name of Christ, don't we? Aren't we to do, as Paul says in Colossians, everything we do to the glory of Christ? And so if that's the case, then no, no one job matters more than another. No one occupation, no, more, no one career matters more than another. All of them are equal in Christ. Male and female. Uh, this is the most basic difference between us, isn't it? I mean, it, it, no matter what race or color or creed, whatever, what, what, no matter what your, your differences may be, male and female is the most basic difference. And, if he, and so if he says that there's no, no difference in Christ, in the most basic difference, then there is no difference in Christ in anything. We are one in Christ, even male and female. God does not love men more than women, nor does he love women more than men. Christ died for all of us, died equally for both, and so he loves us all. We have different roles in biblical Christianity, but that doesn't mean we're not equals. We are equal in Christ. Since you are all one in Christ Jesus. I want you to think about in, in 1 Corinthians 12, we're given the picture of the, of the body of Christ the church as the body of Christ. And, and, that, and that picture talks about how one's a hand and one's a foot and one's a, a head and, 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 and how there is no difference because altogether it makes a whole. Altogether we're the body of Christ. So I want you now to take that picture and understand it in, this, in the context of these, this verse. Is there a difference between my right arm and my left arm? Yes. I don't want to lose one, though. Is there a difference between my right leg and my left leg? Yes, but I don't want to lose either one. I want to be whole. Our differences are on purpose so that we get a better picture of who God is and so that we are whole and complete. We are one in Christ. So the comfort of this verse, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your economic status is or your job is. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. Nothing matters in Christ. You are clothed. You are robed. You are covered in Christ when you come to him. And the challenge, the challenge is to see others as Christ sees them worth dying for. There is a color that matters, one color that matters, and that's red, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only color that matters. Every other color only gives us a clearer picture, of, a, a fuller picture of who God is. So here is my challenge 
first to fathers and then to the rest of us, that we begin to look at others with the eyes of Christ, that we begin to see others as, as Christ sees them. Will you commit to seeing others as Christ sees them? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. These are difficult times we're in. There's a lot of turmoil. But the answer to racism is not prejudice and bigotry. The answer to racism is Christ. The answer to to racism is seeing others with the eyes of Christ. Will you make that commitment this morning? Father, we thank you for this time that we've had together. We thank you for these verses that remind us what's really important, what's really vital is Christ. Give us eyes to see everyone as Christ sees them. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen.